Welcome to another Take 10 with Jen. Get equipped in the supernatural. And now, here's Jen. Welcome back to Take 10 with Jen, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate and review it, and share it with all of your friends. In this podcast, you'll hear part two of my interview with spirit-filled therapist Ana Alvarez as we discuss trauma. So then, is trauma emotion? It's definitely emotional, but is it also spiritual? Yeah. So it definitely has a spiritual component to okay. it. Okay. Okay. We need to hear about that because this is where I see the arguments between professional counselors mm-hmm. and inner healing and deliverance ministers. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of a stretch and pull there. Yeah. Um, the spiritual components to it is that, well, trauma make, causes the person to see everything differently. Right. And so you see yourself differently. You see the world differently. You see God differently. So if I am seeing myself differently, that's a spiritual component to that because I'm not seeing myself as the way God sees me. That's a great, simple explanation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does it get more complex than that? For sure. Because we um, open doors, right? Like Definitely. There's doors that are opened when that um, trauma happens. If we maybe didn't put ourselves in that place of sin, but that place that door got opened. Right. So, um, we have to notice and we have to recognize which part of it. And so, um, we don't over spiritualize it, but we also don't dismiss the spiritual component to it. So is your approach then, okay, there's a lie at work here. Yes. And do you kind of handle it from that place? Right. Because we've begun to believe the lie. Right. And the enemy wants you to believe the lie. Right. He's determined to keep you in that sort of trap. Okay. And so that's where the fight is spiritually of taking your authority. Okay. Can you give some examples? Yeah. So if we believe that we are unsafe because the trauma was based in an unsafe situation, okay, it's hard for us to believe that God is our protector. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we will just cling to that belief that God didn't protect me in that moment. So then I am never going to live my life out. I'm always trying to strive. I'm trying to protect myself. Going into hypervigilance, mm-hmm. okay, these terms that, you know, we hear in these circles. Um, what is another example? Yeah, so whether um, it could be I, I wasn't good enough. Okay. Yeah, there's these common themes of beliefs that we, uh, I were, um, it was my fault. I'm responsible. Right. And so um, believing these things is not aligning ourselves with what the truth that God says. Right. In his, right. In his word. Okay. So, uh, so, so you basically, even if it's a complex drama or an acute or whatever, whatever place in the spectrum, there's a lie involved. And that's where you're coming in and helping them. And once that lie is resolved, the trauma begins to heal mm-hmm. is what I'm, is that right. a that's, pretty good picture? That's definitely part of it. What there else? Is... What else? Forgiveness. Ah, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is one of my biggest pet peeves <laughs> when I, because I have seen the presentation of forgiveness as come to the altar, forgive and be done with it lacking process. And I've tried to educate people that that's a great start, but it's way more complex. That's my experience. It's not a one and done kind of no, (laughs) no, it's definitely more complicated than that. And it's a, it's a process. 
Yeah. And we need to accept the process and we need to be able to be okay with, okay, I may be dealing with forgiveness for the rest of my life because that is just what what's happening right now. Because forgiveness yeah. goes a lot of ways. It goes with, I may have to forgive others. Right. People may have to forgive me. I um, may have to forgive God. Yeah, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. And of course, God forgives us, right? Right. So there is a lot of areas that we have to look at forgiveness. Yeah, that's really huge. And and how, what would you say to people that are bound to this thing where they've been told, you know, you're you're not forgiven because you haven't forgiven, and kind of that push to forgive instantly, no process. How, how would you counsel them? Yeah, we have to be careful with that because there's the shame attached to that. Right. And that I have, I'm not a good Christian then if I um, didn't fully forgive. Yeah. And so we have to show a lot of self-compassion uh -huh. and grace, um, not pushing as ministers too. We can't push people to um, do that step. They have to be ready to do mm -hmm. that step. Mm -hmm. And it may be um, slow and steady. You know, right. just keeping on like, okay, there's sometimes when people will say, I don't even want to think about that. Right. I can't even consider that. Yeah. Because that's, that's the only power they know mm -hmm. over the situation. Right. So then when people start healing, they start experiencing all sorts of huge negative emotions. Mm -hmm. They're told in churches sometimes, you know, that you shouldn't have those emotions. What would you say to that? Well, God created our emotions. Okay. And our emotions definitely um, can steer us in the wrong direction. For sure. <laughs> because they're not always sure. fact based on facts. Sure. But um, that we need to allow ourselves to feel mm -hmm. because then we deny ourselves that process that yeah. we need that we need to be able to heal. I think it's one of the most famous statements I've ever heard come out of your mouth is you've got to feel to heal. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I think we're all guilty of just trying to deny and avoid because mm -hmm. it feels it just it, it's more comfortable. Yeah, for sure. So then people with complex trauma and, you know, the statistics, you know, the process. What would you say to them? I mean, can they heal? Because that's that's what they feel like they that there's no hope. Right. It's so bad. Yeah, they, it's a very um, hopeless kind of mm -hmm. situation yeah. is what it looks like. It looks bleak. It looks like, where is the turn? Um, and so that is really, it's a commitment to this process. Right. It's a huge commitment because I've seen so many people give up on the process mm -hmm. because they maybe get just a little bit. It's enough to help them. It was, it was better than what it was before. So then they don't right. continue moving forward for complete healing. And so, um, it has to be a full commitment mm -hmm. to the process and, um, you have to be a fighter. What would you say that they need around them to support that commitment? Yeah. So it's very important to have a team, um, to look at this, to look at it as, um, something that you can't do alone sure. because we even see, you know, things that are in the dark, Right. right. Have to come to the light. Right. And so we need to be able to do that, um, to say it out loud because then shame attaches to that. So we need, um, 
you need to have a team around you, a support team mm-hmm. that could be just people that you can be real with, that mm-hmm. you can reach out to help. Could be ministers. It could be um, a deliverance minister as well, mm-hmm. but it could also be it also professional to help you because everybody has uh, is equipped for certain things. Not everybody can do what the other person can do to help. So it sounds like they're going to have to make an investment. Because I hear all the time, why don't you do this for free? Why aren't people there for me? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, because it's not their job, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. which is sad. Right. You know, it, it's the reality of it. Yeah. What happens to people who ignore trauma? Well, when we ignore trauma, you're definitely going to see it interfere in your life. Okay. <laughs> in a lot of the aspects. What, how, how do we know that... Because I didn't get my memories back till I was 47 years old. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely issues that were showing up, but um, uh, people ignore it or they don't even know it's there. Right. So what would you say to that? Yeah. So most of the times we will avoid it because right. it helps to, it, it's just more comfortable. Yeah. Right. Um, but there comes a point when you can't avoid it anymore because it's, in, it's breaking relationships there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one. Um, you can't hold down a job. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or your job performance is being is suffering in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, you are um, probably having some kind of mental, mel- emotional meltdown, whether it be irritability and anger or just depression and you're isolating. Anxiety is just turning into panic. Um, That's very common. I see that probably more than anything is extreme anxiety people. Yeah. And they just think like that's normal and they try to medicate it or whatever. Right. They, um, people tend to think that that's just the way of life. That's just, it's just what's going to, that's just my life and that's how it's going to be. But there's a root Mm -hmm. to that. That's something happened. Right. There are definitely coping skills, but ultimately Mm -hmm. you have to get to the root of it so that be able to be free. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you is trauma is going to deal with you if you don't deal with it, Mm -hmm. which is one of the things that we tell people all the time in ministry settings. And how do you help somebody to get ready to deal with their trauma? Because it's the scariest thing to deal with Mm -hmm. something you could never deal with. Right. So much love and care because, um, we, as a professional, we could see it, you know, maybe, wow. you know, others around you could see it, but that person has to be ready. Right. And it may not be at the pace that you want them, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes we have to slow down. Sometimes we're, oh, you're ready for more. Okay. Let's go. Okay. You know, and so you have to take it at their pace. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I think that's what's so great about this is that not everybody's story is going to be the same. Right. Everybody's journey is going to be different. There is no cookie cutter. I can be, oh, here's one, two, three, go ahead and Mm -hmm. do that and you'll be fine. Right. Everybody's different. Now, my personal frustration has been the pace of healing. I'm a fast paced person and yet healing seems to be slow, Mm -hmm. even though I'm very diligent. What can people expect? Is that, is that normal? You can expect it to, that you're, you, you probably are not going to be happy with the pace yeah. <laughs> that it is. But one of the things I like to point out all the time is that to notice the victories, notice what is getting better. Because, so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there are things that are improving. You, what you want is it to be a zero. You want it to be no more. 
Right. But there are things that are getting better. And so you have to be able to ask the Lord, highlight the things that are, that, you know, have improved. Oh, I haven't felt so anxious today. Right. I wasn't at a 10. I was, you know, maybe at a five and Mm -hmm. okay, that's, I'll take that. Okay. Now, my last question is using medication for uh, anxiety or uh, issues in the mind. What's your position on that? What do you, what would you counsel people in that regard? Yeah. What I tell people is that I know everybody comes in with a very different uh, perspective and mindset based on their experiences and what they've been told. I respect that um, wherever they're at. Okay. But I also know that the best form of treatment when the the condition is severe Mm. is going to be a combination of medication and therapy, not just one or the other. Right. We can do therapy without medication. Mm -hmm. You're just going to see a slower, slower response. Okay. And sometimes um, I will see the person is suffering and suffering so much that I Mm. may say, you know, there's a recommendation. This is available as a resource. If you want to use that, Mm -hmm. you're going to see some um, relief. Right. Because that's what it is. It's it's a relief of the symptoms. It's Mm -hmm. not a solving of the problem. Right. So um, you can get the medication, you can mm-hmm. it'll help you with, relieve the symptoms as we work on the things right. here and get to the root. Yeah. I chose to not do medication, but that was probably because I know how to master pain, like mm-hmm. probably not like other people. Yeah. It's not for everybody, but again, that was just my personal preference. Yeah. So, and I didn't feel as pushed on me, but there is pain involved. Mm-hmm. Healing involves pain. Mm-hmm. And so that's something people are going to have to learn to deal with. What what would you say? Yeah. So PTSD has the the symptoms of anxiety and anxiety right. has the physical symptoms. Right. And those are the, the things that people would describe as the pain. Right. And so that is all of the physical symptoms that somebody might be having. And typically it's in this area. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's with your breathing. It's in the chest. It's in the right. constriction. Um, and so... That's the pain mm-hmm. people will experience physically. Okay. All right. Well, everyone, this is Anna Alvarez, marriage and family therapist. It was really good to hear from her today. Thanks again for listening to Take 10 with Jen. For more resources and to become a partner, visit us at jenniferevaz.com.